0: Hi, I'm Jay. I'm Howie. I'm Sandy. I'm Marty. And And we're Jay Jay and the Americans. I'm Olivia Rocks. Hey, this is Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. This is Meg White from the White Stripes. I'm Pat Monahan from the band Train. You're You're listening listening to to the Sounds of Christmas podcast. Hi, I'm Ken Kessler and welcome to the Sounds of Christmas podcast. If you're new to this podcast, I want to start by saying thanks for joining us. If you're not new, welcome back. Either way, I'm glad you're here. Now, to avoid any confusion, I want to start off by saying there won't be any music played here. This is a place for conversation. I'll talk about Christmas music and some related topics, sometimes by myself and sometimes with guests. If you're looking for music, just go to soundsofchristmas.com and click on the tree or the player on the front page or on the Listen Now page. We play the best variety of Christmas music all year long. Well, except in October, when we play the best variety of Halloween music. I am really excited to have singer, songwriter, guitarist Michelle Malone on the podcast today. Hi, Michelle.
1: How you doing, Ken? Thanks for um, having
0: me. Thank you for joining us. I like on on your website the bio you have there that you have built an award winning career as a songwriter, a road warrior, and a modern day guitar hero. Very nice. That's cool. I don't know who wrote that, but I probably paid him. <laughs> <laughs> Your music is, it's got the, the, the southern flavor. It's rock and roll. It's blues. There's a touch of gospel in some of it. It's, there's some country soul, even some folk music. You do some amazing acoustic stuff. It's, it's such a great mix of different kinds of music. And that's something that you can carry right into Christmas music and, that's one of the few places that nobody says anything when you do that. <laughs> you can have you can have a Christmas album, and every song can be a different genre, and that's fine. But if you try and do that outside of Christmas music, people have something to say about it. And it's just, I don't know, just one of the things that I love about Christmas music. I had mentioned that you're award-winning, and I know that you have won Best Female Vocalist, Best Acoustic Guitarist from Creative Loafing, Album of the Year from Atlanta Magazine, which is very cool. And your music's been in a lot of TV shows, True Blood, Dawson's Creek, Felicity, Brooklyn South. And you have a great love of Christmas music. Um, yes, I do. I know. <laughs> I have, I I moved recently and all my CDs are still in boxes, and I have a swinging Christmas in the attic, your first Christmas album that yeah. was I don't know if we want to say how many years ago it was, but it was not yesterday. Well, um, I
1: think on the show, it was a live recording, yeah, and um, I think we were concerned with the the uh, Bill Clinton election at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a hot minute ago,
0: yeah, yeah, it was. And um, that was when you got on my radar because I'm a Christmas music junkie. And that was, it was a jazz trio. Was at a place called, was it Eddie's attic? Yeah. How did you decide? You already had a couple records out. How did you decide to record that and release it?
1: I don't remember exactly how it went down because it originally came out on a local independent label called sister Ruby records. And it could have been their idea. And I, was probably excited about it because I just love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas and Christmas music, Christmas movies, and it just reminds me of a kinder, gentler time, you know? I get so excited when the holidays start to come because I feel like I can relax, (laughs) even though it's the opposite for most people. But I relax into it with the music and the movies and things. So I guess we probably decided to do a live record at Eddie's Attic because uh, that was it was early days for Eddie's Attic, and I guess I'd been recording for a couple years then, and I was on Arista Records and things for a minute, and then I left them, and I guess I just wanted to keep recording and playing music, so we did it the uh, you know cheapest way, quite frankly, and that's to make a live record at a show, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you know I really enjoyed it, although I will say at the time. The energy on the record's a lot of fun, most of it. But um I wasn't as good a singer then as I am now because I smoked and I didn't really have the experience or the tools just yet to get them where I wanted them. And so I enjoyed making that record and people really liked it. And then I didn't make another entirely Christmas record until I want to say 2017. But I'd been meaning to and I'd been wanting to and I I wanted to do it right and I, I hadn't found the right people although I wasn't actively looking it was always in the back of my mind.
0: For and, for that record you performed as a jazz trio how close is that to what you are with the Hot Toddies?
1: Uh it's similar in a way we I only play acoustic guitar in the Hot Toddies and uh the guitarist Doug Keys plays like a hollow body kind of a homage to the 40s 50s era and we almost always have an upright bass player so we're a trio but it's slightly different it's a different mindset i didn't really know what i was doing when i made that first live christmas record i was just doing it right Mm -hmm. and like i said i i just um so much more experienced now and, and have more tools and i know more people and all that so I had a really clear vision of what i wanted to do when i started the hot toddies
0: how did the hot toddies come to be you were doing (laughs) lots of other different things and and it seemed like all of a sudden there are these christmas shows in atlanta with you and the hot toddies
1: yeah it's pretty good story so uh but it's somewhat convoluted stay with me here okay i used when i first started i I was michelle malone and dragged the river we were on Arista. And that's how I was first known as that entity. And it was a really heavy kind of Southern rock band. I mean, we toured with Easy Top and Leonard Skinner and that kind of music. Right. But, you know, I, I also loved my acoustic guitar. I love Neil Young and I love Frank Sinatra and I love, Elef- you know, I just love everything, all music. So the band broke up. Fast forward to 2017, the band broke up in 91. So fast forward to 2017. Many, many years later, we decided to have a reunion show, and our original guitarist didn't want to do it. So one suggestion was Doug Keys because he'd kind of been around the scene for a long time, and he played in a lot of local bands that we played with, and I knew him, but he was really good friends with some other guys in the band. And once he got in there, uh, I uh, he was a you know a shoe in. And then I decided he was the guy I wanted to make my next record with, Slings and Arrows. That was 2018. We're um, Well, that was 2018 when it came out. So we're in the studio working on Slings and Arrows. The drummer of that recording session had a jazz trio gig at this restaurant after our session. So we all went down there to see, watch his gig. Well, they asked Doug to sit in. Doug sat in and Proceeded to shred on autumn leaves, and all of a sudden light bulbs were going off in my head like, woo! All these bright lights. I'm sure steam was coming out of my ears in a good way because the wheels were turning. And and I've he came back to the table and I just said, you know, I I didn't know you could do that. Oh yeah, I studied guitar, Georgia State, yada yada. Okay, well guess what? (laughs) I want a Christmas band, and you're the guy. So, you know, we knocked around some names and come up with the Hot toddies And then it seems like every year we get a different bass player because I guess we wear them out or something. <laughs> I don't, I think it's hard to carry around that upright bass. And so that's how the Hot Totties were born. And and Doug still plays with me and my Michelle Malone group and in the Hot Totties. And, you know, that's how it was born. You
0: know, the Hot Totties have put out some Christmas music. And I'm not sure if this was. Just on your website, or if I know there was a Kickstarter album, but weren't there a couple EPs first?
1: Yes, we put out an EP. Maybe it was 2018. Put out another one after that. Then we started work on a full length one. Um, most recently, we combined the two EPs uh, into green vinyl LP because the you know EPs were limited editions, and I mostly just sold them at shows and locally. Uh, so it made sense to me. I'm really into vinyl these days anyway and I love that we can get colored vinyl and what's more festive than that. So Right.
0: Yeah. For anybody who has been following you, the new album Toddy Time is not the same as Christmas with the Hot Toddies which was I think that was the Kickstarter project last year or the year before, right?
1: Um yeah, last year maybe. Okay. It it um so there's two records on vinyl now basically and only one of them is widely available uh, and available for streaming as well the other one you can just you know pick up at my website or something like that the show
0: okay well toddy time is the is the new one that is out everywhere and and it's it's a fun it's a fun record if you're not in the atlanta area and you can't get to one of michelle's shows i know there are some videos on youtube but you got to pick up the new album because it's just it's so much fun and such a great mix of songs and styles. Was there a particular thing that drove you to pick any of these songs, or is it just you did whatever came to mind?
1: Um by and large, I just adore the classic Christmas era of, you know, post World War II up until about I guess the very early sixties with Chuck Berry late 50s and so I kind of concentrate on that era and I look for songs that just make me happy or that just really touch me one of my favorite songs that I ever did not just for the Hot Totties but all of them cover wise is I sang a version of Count Your Blessings that was in the movie White Christmas yeah and it's so special to me because (laughs) my, my grandmother used to sing it to me Every time I talk about it, I get all choked up, but uh, it's just really special. So I love that. And then while we were sort of trying to find songs to work up and seeing what fit us, what fit my voice, what fit our style, we came up with this amazing arrangement of Blue Christmas, which is really like a dark blue Christmas. It's sneaky and mysterious. So does really turn me on, you know.
0: Yeah, your, your version of Blue Christmas is, is something that I could have, uh, I could easily imagine, like maybe Louis Armstrong doing something like that, Ooh, or my. or somebody in that, that era, not necessarily the, the clean-cut poster boys for jazz, but some of the guys that you would go to a smoky club to see, and that's the kind of thing you would hear. That's the energy that I get from it. And the mm. other thing that I really like about it, and that I like about really the whole album is that you sound like you're having a good time and you mean it Ooh. so many times you hear christmas songs and it's and it's like the the singer the band did it as an afterthought or that somebody made them you guys <laughs> need to do a christmas record and you hear some versions of blue christmas and they're almost you can almost see the guy singing smiling or smirking and giving you a little wink. He's just having some fun. He doesn't mean anything. But you listen to your version of Blue Christmas, and it sounds real. It's from the heart. And that's one of the things I like about this whole record, is that these songs sound like you mean it. And that you guys are doing this because not because somebody's making you, but because you love it, and it's fun.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you get that from it, because it's very true. It's a labor of love. And, you know, you're really only able to uh, play and sell these songs for maybe five, six weeks at most, generally less. So, you know, I just do it for myself and for you and folks like us who um, appreciate my affinity for elf culture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I certainly do. Was delighted to hear you do Zat You Santa Claus. That's one of my what favorites. A great song. It is a great song. And and it's one of those that's almost getting forgotten because it doesn't get the love of uh Last Christmas or Mariah's song or you know, right. Jingle Bell Rock or something like that. And it's and it's a great and it's a fun song. And you guys do a great job on it. It sounds <laughs> like you're having a really good time. Well,
1: uh it's it feels like a creative project. And I think when you're being creative, you're just, you know, closer to God, or, you know, it's just, it's such a wonderful feeling. And I know I didn't write these songs, but most of them we really do take to another place. They don't, you know, occasionally, you know, there's a few of them that sound obviously along the same lines as the original, but there's some we just really turn on their ear I mean I didn't have to do that was that you Santa Claus because it's already there. Yeah. And uh, as you and I were saying earlier before the podcast even started, you know radio doesn't really add Christmas music the way you do to your show. So a lot of people don't even know about is that you Santa Claus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that it's such a classic song. I think Louis Armstrong, again, not to just keep name dropping him, but I think that's the first <laughs> version of that that I ever heard. And I was just enthralled. And it was, I mean, even as, as a kid, I'd heard Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Frosty the Snowman, all of those. But Zat You Santa Claus was different and it was special. And it was just, I think that was probably the first Christmas song I ever heard that I thought, that's a cool song.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. It caught my attention early on uh, when I was hunting around for songs. I don't and, think I was aware of it prior to that, so
0: yeah, it's one of those that has that has almost uh, I'm I'm so glad that you covered it because it's one of those that is sort of slipping away because a lot of people for whatever reason it's just one of those that that falls through the cracks.
1: Yeah, um, and then there's these other songs that you know, we know because we've grown up hearing them our whole lives, but they've, they have, they just need a little energy injected into them and a little, I don't know, new blood or something. So we, we kind of took that on. Songs like Up on the House Top, you know, we made fun. It sounds kind of like that old song, Tequila. Last year, we were playing that at a live show in North Georgia Mountains and the place was packed. But there was still room to dance and a giant conga line (laughs) stood around the venue. It was unbelievable. I felt like I was in an old movie because, I mean, who does that anymore? Wow. Yeah, I know. It's just magical.
0: Go Tell It on the Mountain was probably Mm -hmm. the first one that surprised me on this. I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting that song, and it's such a great, I don't know if I'd say bluesy, but gospel-y kind of feel to it. I wouldn't have thought of that as a track that would have been with these other songs, but it fits right in.
1: I think so. Uh, It was, yeah, it was a dark horse. Um, We started trying to find an arrangement for us and landed on this one with some harmony vocals and uh, tried to make it sound a little like Sam Cooke, you know, in that vein, like I said, this music takes me back to a kinder, gentler time, so I try to keep it in that vein to where y- you are taken out of this current reality and you listen to this music and you're transported to a lovely place where you just feel kindness and you're inspired by the magic of the era, right?
0: Yeah. I think if anybody is, wants to get away even just for a little while. You you stream Toddy time and you will feel better for it. Silent Night is on here, and that's one of those songs. That and Oh Holy Night are are songs that I think are I I often equate them with singing the national anthem at like a World Series game.
1: <laughs> oh, because, yeah, that's not nerve wracking
0: at all. Right. Well they're 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 such iconic songs that have been performed by so many and people are funny about those two songs that they love them, but you have to get them right. And was, was any of that sort of thing? I I hated if I hate to think I'm putting this in your head now, but was that anything that you thought about as you decided to record silent night?
1: No, Mm -mm. I, I, I just kind of go with my gut and it, it's such a beautiful, simple song and it's such a well-known melody. You don't have to do a lot to it. You know, you don't need this orchestra. You don't You don't need a whole lot of instrumentation. So we did it as simply as possible. I mean, most everything that Hot toddies do is kind of trim the fat because we like to perform as a three-piece. Now live, we generally will have a drum or two, but we like to keep it pared down and simple. Uh, so... My version of Silent Night is just, mm, so just, mm, you know, just, it's just a little bluesy, jazzy riff, and it makes perfectly good sense to me, and I love it. And it goes over so well live. Oh, my goodness. Last year, my mother came to one of our shows and got up and sang that with me. My mother's been a singer my whole life and hers. So it was really wonderful. And we traded verses and vamped on a little bit. And it's so simple that we never had to rehearse it, you know? So, and that's the point. People should just be able to wrap themselves around these songs immediately and vice versa. The songs should wrap themselves around the people.
0: Oh, yeah. That's definitely the feeling I get with I'll be home for Christmas. Mm. Absolutely. You can get lost in that.
1: It always reminds me of, you know, the time it was written in and how so many families were separated by the war. And it was a dream. Yeah, I wish I could be home for Christmas. So here's the song, sort of pretending that we're together. And it's heart wrenching at times. Sometimes before we play it live, I'll tell the story just briefly about how this reminds me of that. And some folks will cry because they remembered their dad or granddad in that time you know and being apart from the family i or or they have someone who's not home now you know overseas in the military so these things still matter they still touch us
0: now this is a great collection of christmas songs that for the most part everybody knows or everybody should know if you don't know that you santa claus you, you go stream it go stream it now but um, but you also recorded an original, Feels Like Christmas, and then you, did you re-record it and release it just a few years ago?
1: I did. Um, originally, it came out, I want to say, in 97 or 98 or something. I was on a, another label that wanted a, a Christmas song. Like you said earlier, oh, I was forced to do a Christmas song. <laughs> but <laughs> they approached me in July and said, we... We're putting on a Christmas record this year. Can you write something for us? And I thought it was quite a challenge to write a Christmas song in July. So I enjoyed the challenge and just wrote that little ditty. I love that song. And it was only on the compilation record they put out back then. And it's not widely available. So I re-recorded it and just kind of put it out uh, streaming and available on my website. But I got to sing it with... the. Um, Atlanta pops orchestra, and the symphony, and things. So, it's that kind of song, you know. It's it's a heartfelt, beautiful tune. It has some weird, like not weird, but it, something about it to me <laughs> reminds me of some Burt Bacharach song. I can't figure out what that is, but again, it, it I'm I'm so schizophrenic musically because I do love everything, and you know I can reference. Louis Armstrong, and Dionne Warwick, and Led Zeppelin in a sentence, and it doesn't bother me at all. Other people, they might get whiplash, but (laughs) to me, it's all the same, you know. It's just good music.
0: As much as as you love Christmas, have you thought about an original Christmas album?
1: Well, I mean, not really. It's it's a lot of work to write another record, because I just finished another one, and, you know, it takes me a while, and then you... out on the road and you work it for a few years and you you have 12 months a year to sell a record that is not christmas so when you make a christmas record you get like i said four to six weeks to do that it it doesn't really make a lot of sense for me to do that i like to spend my energy working writing other songs for other projects but i'm not against writing christmas songs i just don't know how i could sit down and write a whole record of them you know there's so many great ones already written that I love so much. I I kind of just love trying to reinterpret the ones that exist. Uh I never had a cover band until, you know, the last 5 years of my life. So <laughs> I'm I'm making I'm making uh, my career backwards. <laughs> um but I just I found a new love for trying to reinterpret other people's songs, you know.
0: I know you've got a a bunch of shows with the Hot Toddies coming up in December for anybody who's listening who's going to be in or around um the atlanta area there have to be more songs than this that you guys put into your shows is there possibility of a toddy time too i know i hate asking that after this just came out but uh
1: anything's possible ken
0: (laughs) (laughs) such is my mania i can't help it
1: there's a there's always more songs to learn and arrange and interpret i mean i really do look forward to it every year and and usually after december i'm so tired oh i'm gonna take january off and then the first thing i do is book studio time and get the toddies in there and (laughs) make another record to release in december so who knows what will happen i used to try to predict these things and now i just know it happens the way it happens you know
0: is there any Christmas songs you can think of that you wish you had had the chance to record or maybe they're high on your list to do?
1: I think, uh, now don't shoot me. I think that Mariah Carey song is really good. It sounds like a classic mm-hmm. Christmas song. Now the modern style of it doesn't do a lot for me. And there's a part of me that wants to try to see if I can do it in a toddy way. So I don't know. Uh, my, my, so far, the Todds have been against it because <laughs> most everyone is sick of that song. But, but me, I guess. But uh, I, as a songwriter, I think it's a great song. I was amazed that she wrote it, not because she's not able, but because it sounds like it's from you know fifty years ago at least. Yeah,
0: it has that wall of sound quality yes. to it.
1: It sounds like Phil Spector and that whole era.
0: Yeah, and it is. It is a, a great song. I don't want to hear it every hour. <laughs> which is what a lot of radio stations do which is why i think a lot of people go oh that mariah carey song again and it's so unfair because she's recorded lots of christmas music but that's the one that gets played and it gets covered a lot and when it first was getting a lot of covers in like the first 10 15 years it was a lot of people who were trying to make it the same Mm -hmm. and and they weren't in the last five or six years there have been some interesting versions that people have done like what you're talking about that they've sort of done their own interpretation of it Mm -hmm. and and really it's an old enough song now that people don't want to hear it but it's really becoming a standard and i i know that people are throwing things at whatever device they're listening at right now how dare you (laughs) but it is it is old enough and it has it has hundreds of versions And, and it, and it just, it, it just, that and Last Christmas. And I know those are songs that people love to hate, but, but those are, those are, are big ones. Um, We
1: love to hate them, but when they come on, unfortunately, it's one of those songs that you sing to that you love to hate. It's just an earworm. It's like, uh, you know, any, anything, it just gets in there. I don't know how I know every song that Journey ever put out, but <laughs> I never bought a record. But somehow when they were playing with Heart and I went, I knew every freaking song. How does that even happen? They're just earworms, right? And they get played yeah. on, played and played. So I also I think uh I it's kind of interesting to think that maybe I could do a different arrangement of this Christmas song I wrote feels like Christmas. I can arrange it in such a style as the Hot Toddies, but it's got sort of these major seventh chords, and I'm not sure how to get around that. So I'll, I'm gonna—I've th- been thinking about that. I'm still thinking about that. We'll see. It well, seems silly to exclude my own original song from the Toddies, but if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit.
0: I'm gonna put some links down in the show notes to your website so people can check out Toddy Time and also Christmas with the Hot Toddies and listen to them and and get them from you on your website after christmas is over this year what's what's on do you have anything specific on your schedule
1: well uh i've been working on my next record um it's uh americana southern rock type of mm. i don't even know what they call music anymore it's a good record and <laughs> uh, i am trying to get that finished and and out to the world by next spring or summer. So that's what I'm really focused on uh, at the moment. And we'll see how that goes. I don't have a title for it yet, but uh, I've been working hard at it and writing some great songs with some great folks. So I'm pretty proud of what we've done. And I think people will like it. That uh, It sounds nothing like the Hot Toddies, you know, Um, what I do, 300 and, 30 days a year is pretty different from the Hot toddies, but that's just another reason why I love it so much. I, I get so tired of me and my songs and my band and my show and all that. It's so nice to get to come to this time of year where I get to sing other people's songs and they're songs that everyone already knows and loves and it makes them feel good. And really that above everything else, making people feel good through music. I know that's, you know, my job in life so i'm happy to do it it works for me too (laughs) it makes me
0: happy (laughs) and me as well um you know we we started off talking about the the christmas album you recorded at a live show have you given any thought to recording a, a toddy's live show
1: absolutely because live were more powerful and like i said we we use more drums live than we do on these records. We have a, you know, we got a drummer who will come in and stir the soup on these records. You know, it's not rocking stuff. It's pretty laid back. So that when we do play as a trio, occasionally no one goes, but we really miss the drummer. Uh so I, you know, I did think about these things, but um I think a lot about putting on a live hot toddy record, and that's probably the next thing we'll do uh, maybe next year or so. I'm not really sure, you know. Like I said, I try, I try to plan things, and then other things happen. So we'll just see. Okay. That adage from John Lennon: "Life is what happens when you're making plans," huh?
0: Yeah, that's a terrific quote. What's the best way for people to keep up with you? Is it through your website, social media?
1: Through my website, MichelleMalone dot um, The Hot dot com ends up on the same MichelleMalone dot com site. Uh, and you can email me through there. You can book me through there. You can watch videos and order music and the whole thing. So, and if you order vinyl from me, I sign it for you and pop it in the mail. You'll probably get some of my cat's hair in it, maybe, or mine, (laughs) little DNA. You never know.
0: Bonus. (laughs) (laughs) It has been so much fun talking to you about Christmas music and, and everything else. Thanks so much for taking some time for us today.
1: Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, I I just really appreciate what you're doing. So thank you for having me.
0: And thank you so much for listening and for continuing to support the Sounds of Christmas station and podcast. I already told you how to listen to the station and you're listening to the podcast now. So my work here is really just about done. All of our episodes are available on the Sounds of Christmas website. Just click the podcast tab. And we have a Linktree page with most, if not all, of the streaming sites that carry the Sounds of Christmas podcast so you can find your favorite, click on over, and subscribe, and you'll never miss another episode. If you have comments or suggestions on this episode, previous episodes, or the Sounds of Christmas station, feel free to reach out to me on social media or through the website. Thanks again, and may you always believe in Santa Claus.